Postgres version 14 beta 1 has just been released with a lot of exciting new features. And uh, I usually do these kind of videos where I, when, whenever a Postgres, new Postgres version is released, I just make a video about the new features and kind of go into details about what those features uh, do, kind of technical. So these kind of episodes are very, very technical, right? So we go into details, like I try to explain some of the things I can, some of the things obviously above my head and I can't explain it, it takes time. But I'm very passionate with Postgres. I love this database. I did these kind of videos with Postgres 12. I started doing it with 12, uh, maybe 11, I don't remember. And I did it with 13, and since 14 is in beta, and it's about to be released fully in a few weeks, I usually decided, to, okay, let's go ahead and go through the new features of Postgres version 14. How about we jump into it, guys? Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on the show. Guys, welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. And how about we jump into the features that have been shipped with version 14 of uh, Postgres. Yeah, what we're going to review is actually the beta, but uh, it looks like these are pretty much all the features, or at least the highlights, the most important features that is available in the software. Let's jump into the screen share now. All right, guys, Postgres SQL 14 feature highlights. So there are a lot of categories. There's performance, data types, new data type on SQL Server. There is administration kind of uh, changes and tweaks and new features there. There is replication and recovery. So if you're using replication, you might want to pay attention to this. This is interesting stuff. And security, obviously, TLS authentication and things like that. So this is the categories. And, and I'll have some uh, chapters for you guys to jump in and, and timestamp. Even if you're on a podcast, you can just click on the description, your favorite pod, uh, podcast player. You should see the description there with timestamp where you jump into the uh, interesting part of the video where you're interested in this stuff. All right, performance. Postgres 14 continues to trend of recent releases in providing performance benefits to workloads of all sizes. This release has significant improvement in transaction throughput for Postgres. Beautiful, pretty, I love throughput, right? That have large number of connections to the database, regardless if they are an active or idle state and this is basically a problem in all databases to be honest right the more connections you have the more cpu is being consumed 
just handling these connections and 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 the Postgres database. Even if you're idle, you still do polling and stuff like that on the connection, and that kind of consumes stuff. So uh, the Postgres team, uh, apparently, they figured out ways to work with large number of connections. Postgres 14 also contains additional gains in reducing B-trees indexing overhead, including reducing the bloat on tables with frequently updated indexes. So there's a link here that you can click and read more about it, but I can summarize what's going on here. Um, when you update a field in a row, and that field, whether if it has an index on it, Postgres needs to update the index to reference the new tuple that you just created. That's because of Postgres model of the versioning, right? It just always creates a new tuple. If you do an update, we keep the old tuple, right? And we create a new uh, tuple with that new change that you made. Now this tuple, new tuple ID, the index is referencing the old tuple ID. So you need to go to the index and say, hey, index, by the way, there is a new version of this row. Here's the new tuple ID. Hey guys, we're saying from editing here, I forgot to mention very important something very important here. When you have an index on a column and you update that column, you have to update the index B3 with the value that you just updated. How, do, how else would you search for the new value? That is the reason you update the index when there is an uh, index on top of the column you just updated, right? Obviously, you have to also update the tuple, but the main reason is because you have to update the B3 itself, the leaf to be on. All right, it's back. Back to the video. By the way, just this is a clarification. A row and a tuple is in Postgres, they are kind of a slightly different when you say logical row that means it's the latest representation of that row logical row right the tuple is what tuple exactly you're referring to because a logical row could have been updated a hundred times so it could have hundred tuples right so what is the final representation of that logical row is what is logical row refers to while tuples, on the other hand, we really need to defer. Like, okay, which tuple? Maybe you can. You're reading an old logical row, old version of the row, in an old tuple. That's what we mean by tuples here. So this makes sense. If you update a field that has an index, we need to go to the index and update the tuple ID because that's what we store in the index. We only store the tuple ID. And if you have a covering index, you might have other columns that you store in the index as well. But Postgres also, when you update other fields as well, that doesn't have an index, unfortunately, and this is fixed in Postgres, but still, really depends. When you update other fields that has nothing to do, or no, no indexes at all, you still get a new tuple ID. However, for the long time, the index now still points to the old tuple. You don't want that. You need you still need to update the index, unfortunately, because if you now search for this uh, 
if you if you start searching the index and you found your entry and you go and you look at the tuple you're pointing to an older version of the row which is incorrect right so now you have to also go to the index and update it that has been always true for postgres 8.3 or something they fixed that with something though called the heap only tuple the hot optimization and uh so that they did a trick in the heap when you update something that has nothing to do with indexes they do a little pointer a little bit of trick there so the old tuple they keep it and they say okay by the way this old tuple actually this is the new version of this old tuple in the heap itself in the page itself so that the index can stay pointing to the old tuple but if you did a search and you found that old tuple in the index you will go to the heap and you will find the old tuple but the page will say hey index how you doing there is a new version of this index uh, tuple and here's it here it is right this is called heap only tuple okay obviously we can't always do that because this only is true if the row the tuple that you just updated and that that new version of the tuple is in the same page right and you might say how can a tuple jump into another page well a page has a size dear well, of course there's an 8k right and and so this page gets full eventually so if it's the last row let's say and you're updating it and it's full it had a spill into another uh page unfortunately right and if that's the case you can't use this hot optimization and in that case you'll get this bloated index so all of that what i was talking about is this optimization reduce the bloat on the table with frequently updated indexes so they did a lot of tricks all right to reduce this double there like this is called like bottom delete uh, i forgot what it was called the, the bottom deleting indexes or something like that so they, they they essentially delete this bloat in certain situation and don't wait wait for vacuum to do it so yeah vacuum usually clear up these uh, bloats but you don't want to wait for vacuum to clean up all this stuff sometimes right so they did a better job at cleaning the bloat earlier essentially so yeah all right so we need to move a little bit faster otherwise this is this video is not gonna finish huh <laughs> yeah so for this uh, the the indexes and all that stuff the to the hot only tuple optimization you need to optimize your fill factor so that you have your page filled to a certain extent i'm gonna make a video talking just about that this fill factor fill factor and all that stuff right so yeah you don't want to fill the page 100 percent, right you need a little bit of a space so that you can take advantage of the hot optimization all right another optimization with the indexes this jest indexes which stands for uh, generalized uh, search tree indexes uh, uh, to be honest i never use these kind of things but these these are the domain i, I believe there's the same thing as, as the domain indexes in sql server where you can essentially build your own expression kind of index right you don't want to build it on a specific 
integer field or a string you have like a fancy data type right that you created like a spatial type type and you want to build a jest index in this case to do your own algorithm to do the searching and indexing so these are just index so they did a bunch of optimization for that they implemented covering indexes for that so you can include a field in your index i talked about covering indexes uh in my course actually introduction to database engineering this is a plug by the way guys i have a course it's called introduction to database engineering people seem to love it apparently it's i got 4.7 on udemy yikes thank you so much uh so check it out hosenaso.com slash courses all right there are many improvements to query parallelism in postgres 14 okay so query parallelism in general the 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 idea of using multiple processes to process a single query right and we see it all the time in the query planner the the postgres planner will say hey by the way i use a parallel index scan or a parallel heap scan things like that so it uses multiple worker to execute these kind of um, queries for you in addition to overall improvements uh, for parallel sequential scans, the return query directive in PLC PG SQL can now execute query with parallelism. All right, apparently it couldn't before. Right, if you if you care about PL SQL, this is something maybe you gonna like. Refreshed materialized view can now use query parallelism as well so a materialized view if you don't know guys is a view that is essentially persisted right a view is a view you create a you you build a query a complex query of multiple tables and then you just create a view out of it that's just a view so if you query the view you always re-execute that expensive query every time a materialized view is a view that is persistent asynchronously essentially so the query will asynchronously build right you can build it manually and then you when you query the view it's persisted you can hit the, the view directly right there isn't that you don't get a cost of executing that obviously there is a delay of or whatnot but so apparently the refresh materialized view which essentially build that materialized view is using parallelism niceties niceties postgres 14 also introduces the ability to leverage query parallelism when querying remote databases using foreign data records. this is apparently the uh, ability to query other databases hmm. and you can leverage the parallelism here as well the release has also several improvement to the partitioning system partitioning you know guys i talk about partitioning a lot and postgres improve the partitioning system a lot right include performance gain when updating or deleting rows on tables where only a few partitions are affected in postgres 14 so let's talk about this a little bit so if you're updating or deleting rows right you're going to provide a where clause where it has the key the partition key where it helps you helps the database decide which partition to hit a partition is just another table think about it right well, huge table are partitioned by key essentially so now if your query is hitting few partitions there is an improvement in that particular case obviously if you're hitting a lot of partitions that's just a bad idea right that's just gonna slow you down as as much as as you're having a, a large table right that's why the, the beauty of partition if you hit a single or maybe two partitions at most if you found yourself doing partitioning and your 
hitting the entire set of 100 partitions, maybe it's time to revise your query. Partitions can now be detached in a non-blocking manner using alter table detach partition concurrently. This is a very consistent thing you're going to see in Postgres. They add concurrently to any query. The moment you see concurrently supported, they add it to the index. They, by whenever you see concurrently, that means this is allowing you to rebuild the index or create an index without acquiring locks because this is certain operations ddl to be specific require an exclusive lock and when you do that you can't write to the table other transactions are blocked right so if you add concurrently postgres will slow the process down the process of creating the industry or rebuilding on this or detaching the partition in this case but it will allow transactions to write essentially so if someone is trying to write is gonna like pause the process that is creating the index or rebuilding the index that is the block in a process and then allow the other process to continue right so it prefers dmls over ddls let's let's put it this way incrementer sorting introduced in the previous sort uh, window functions is another uh, uh, features this new release has more capability and extended statistics, right? So, statistics in general, this is another something you know, I didn't read, uh, I didn't know about, about it. Statistics in general, you know, the statistics like, okay, this field has uh, this many value, right? This table has this many rows. This field has these kind of values. This is allows to the table and the query planner to plan better your query and to choose, okay, maybe an index plan. Uh, maybe an index is better than scanning the table or maybe the index is just not worth it for this kind of query i'm gonna might as well just go to the heap and scan the whole table it's better these kind of the statistics extended statistics actually allows you to build your own kind of expressions and and uh related statistics like oh this column is related to this column so you can build complex statistics with this and you can build even expressions with these things yikesy not just fields expression postgres has also supported compression on its oversized data column known as toast i talked about toast a little bit in the uh previous videos and uh, toast if you don't know guys is uh, the when you have like a string field or a blob field, uh, Postgres does not store that large string or large blob in that tuple itself because there is a requirement in Postgres that a row should not span a page and the page is 8K. So if you put the whole string in a large string in a tuple itself, the row will, will just spill over two pages and that will complicate the database so they decided you know what rows should never ever span two pages that means i cannot put a whole large string in the tuple they, so they decided to do this idea of a pointer so that toast pointer they put the pointer in the column where the string is or the where the blob is and they put it in a toast table so in a different table and they chunk it up and they compress that thing okay they now supported a different kind of compression right and it's called lz4 i'm not familiar with it 
right? But this is the new, uh, it's another supporter. Apparently, it's uh, someone uh, had been requesting the LZ for compression. So it is now supported. If you, you can turn it on by uh, if you want to. I don't think that's the default, though. They didn't specify. All right, some data types and SQL. What what have been new to this stuff? Okay, so what did they introduce? Then there's this, they building upon its existing support for range type so they had a range type which basically you create a range and you say okay this is the valid range in this column anything outside this range please fail don't allow it to insert right that's what i understood and it now adds a multi-range type nice right so you can have a multi-range right so someone interested in that that is non-contiguous so the ranges has to be contiguous apparently to each other right like a date we'll look at the date from 2021 july 1st to 2021 july 31st now you can essentially break it up into okay from from july 1st to july 31st and from september 1st to september 30 and and so on all right what else they also added a general subscripting framework for retrieving information in nested objects oh for those people who love json b this is exciting so you can write expressions like this, where you can, uh, in in the select statement. <laughs> oh my God! What are you, Poscus? What are you doing? Jason has nothing to do with this relational. Yeah, I don't know, man. I know people like Jason as a field, but come on, come on. Have a schema already. Have a schema, okay. Okay, this is controversial, though, that people don't love. I know a lot of people say, well, uh, I sometimes I don't, I, my, my requirement, uh, the client keeps changing the schema, so I like to just have a JSON field and just throw my junk there. Well, I never run into a requirement like that, so I can't talk to that. I, but I like explicit, explicit schema. Obviously, I'm not saying there are not user cases, Apparently there are. That's why it's popular, right? I don't like it. <laughs> here's the, here's the truth. I like my relational database to stay relational. Beautiful data type. Let me have a schema. This this mumbo jumbo. I don't know, guys. So you you can essentially take that if you have a field of JSON B which has your JSON document, you can essentially do substring and do okay the, the sub get the key and then get a sub get the key so you can basically run javascript that's what we're looking at if at the end of the day you'll you'll be able to run javascript in postgres that's what we're gonna end up with right Ugh. but it's a very simple representation right so let's say you have a json document with a user and the user has an uh, as an object with an id and a name so you can do select uh, you where the user field is you dot not dot you cannot do dot apparently they are using this uh, this array not array just this square bracket so square bracket id to get the id and then you can do a square bracket name to get the name right postgres 14 also adds support for out parameters in stored procedures to allow group by clause to use distinct keyword to remove duplicate grouping sets so that's another requirement with group by and store procedure very specific right another uh thing for the common table expression cte square which is called also with queries postgres 14 add syntactic 
tech conveniences to search and cycle to help with ordering and cycle detection respectively there is also new data bin function in postgres 14 that can align timestamp with specific interval a technique called also known as binning all right so there is there is a lot of stuff in type so if you like this stuff guys postgres 14 may be for you consider upgrading let's go to administration one of them my favorite parts postgres 14 makes numerous improvements to vacuum right vacuum you know this post process that's called vacuum that cleans up postgres with optimization geared toward indexes auto vacuum now analyzes partition tables and can propagate information about row counts to parent table very very interesting this is looks like this is as part of the analyze is that is that it because the row count of the partition table is now propagated to a parent table and we know this parent is the logical representation of the partition table right so now you do an analyze and now you can essentially have more information about the row counts very critical for query planning so now we know the the planner the, the database knows that okay this table has this much rows this table this partition has almost no rows this table this partition has few rows so it, it can decide what path it can take based on the essentially the statistics there are also performance gains in analyze that can be controlled with maintenance io concurrency so i read a lot of uh, i read about this maintenance io concurrency it's related to the uh, effective io concurrency and and, and it, it boils down to the how many uh processes or concurrent io operations you want to allow concurrently at the same time right this is this is a very the very low level change that you can make to your postgres database you can increase it i think uh, up to thousand i believe with thousand io and that will allow you to execute this as much as as, as a thousand io right but the more io you have obviously it can uh, is gonna is gonna consume more cpu because cpu needs to read these io the reads to manage these asynchronous io at the end of the day so the more value the more cpu is going to consume and obviously depends also on whether you have a hard drive a spinning disk or ssd usually what they recommend if it's ssd you can put in the hundreds right it's all this is all really trial and seeing what 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 fits your use case to be honest this is like advanced stuff even i don't know a lot about that Postgres 14 includes numerous improvement of what information can be monitored, including the ability to track progress on copy using the pgstat progress copy. So if you run copy, you can track the progress of that. This release lets you track wall activity from the pgstat wall view and inspect replication slot statistics from the pgstat replication slot. So if you have replication or and if you have replication you're probably maintaining your wall uh, the right ahead log and you you're, you're monitoring your wall so this is very very critical 
to see how how large your wall is and and how how is it affecting your bandwidth the streaming whether it depends really on whether you're using a streaming or logical replication but monitoring wall is something you might want to do as a dba or here we're an administrator if you are a back-end developer you might not worry about that stuff but it's good it's not it's nice to know it's nice to know this information it doesn't hurt right if you're interested in databases and how they work just look at this stuff and you appreciate the work that the elite people are doing and building this stuff for us and we just blindly do a docker run postgres and we don't know how things work me myself included <laughs> there are several new parameters i try i try to understand it's, there's just a lot of stuff you can't possibly understand really i try there are several per new parameters in postgres 14 to help manage connections these include idle session timeout hmm so now if you have connections and and and, and uh, if you have like tcp connections to your postgres database and these are idle your backend let's say you have pooling and the the pool has not been visited for a long time you, you execute something for for a while and then it stayed idle you can now specify an idle session timeout okay if nobody is actually uh, doing anything kill that session skill that tcp connection so we have lower tc number of tcp connections so we can essentially have a little, little bit more memory and our cpu doesn't have to worry about this additional connections that are idle here's another interesting parameter it's called client connection check interval and that lets postgres cancel long-running queries if the client disconnects so i mean let's let's say you're back and execute a query and that query is taking a long time it's taking sweet ass time joining stuff i don't know doing all this stuff and maybe it's doing full table scan so it's it's a slow for some reason and your client disconnects and it's expecting to return a result right after after the long query is executed you need to return the result however this particular scenario is absolutely useless because postgres will will have taken all that time to fetch the rows consume all the cpu memory only to discover that the connection has been closed while it was after the fact because it doesn't know right once the query has been executed the socket stays right in the in the postgres uh side of things right and the postgres goes on and execute the query on another process right and then once it tries to compose the result everything is ready it tries to push it to the socket it pulls the socket and discover the socket is actually closed and at that point time it's actually just <laughs> it's too late this particular parameter parameter which is client connection check interval allows postgres to periodically check the socket even if the connection is running right so yeah there's an additional overhead to check the pull to pull the socket and there's a little bit more details whether you're using a unix or windows it depends whether the it is supported or not i don't know the details but it's, it needs to pull 
the socket every now and then, right? So if you if you just start it and you if the client immediately disconnects, Postgres can pull this socket and say, okay, after every hundred milliseconds, let's pull. And if the connection is closed, let's let's just kill the query. Let's not let's not go ahead and execute the whole query, right? So if you disable this, I think value of zero means the old behavior, which is go ahead and execute the whole query until we interact with the socket. And at that time, we basically, we, we kill the socket. The reindex command can now process all of the child indexes of a partition table. And Postgres 14 adds PG am check utility to help check for data corruption okay that's nice here's the thing i didn't know that i thought re-index when you re-index um, the the partition the the table itself that is the the parent table i kind of assumed that all the partitions are gonna be re-indexed apparently this is not true so if you just thought that <laughs> maybe you have to have Postgres 14 or if you're using Postgres and you're running re-index on your parent uh, table thinking that all the partitions will automatically get re-indexed apparently that is not true who knew okay that's a new thing to me so Postgres 14 fixes that to me it's a bug right not really a feature Postgres the bug. If I part, if I reindex the parent, I I expect everything to get reindexed in the children, right? It's just by design. Again, people might disagree with that. Replication and recovery. Okay, what do we add? Replication and recovery. Postgres fourteen adds numerous performance benefits for logical replication. So this kind of not not streaming, where we stream the binary content of the wall we stream the logical wall representation here, okay? So it's lighter weight, I believe. And it's compatible with what all the releases do. So you can like logically replicate Postgres 14 or 10 to Postgres 14, because we're dealing with logical representation that usually they, they maintain compatibility at that level, at that logical level. While the binary state, that always changed. You don't. You cannot guarantee, right? Postgres version always changes the binary representation. That's why if you're using Docker and you backed up a volume of Postgres 13 and you try to sneak in that volume and you spun up Postgres 14 and you sh shove it that volume of a Postgres 13 data, it's going to yell at you. It's like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> That's a completely different files. So it's gonna freak out, right? I tried that with with twelve and ten, I believe, and I got yelled at. So I expect the, uh, to get yelled at with thirteen and fourteen too, including the ability to stream in progress transaction to subscriber instead of waiting for them to to be completed. Very very powerful stuff, right? As the transactions are in progress, you're streaming, and there are, you can you can see this, you can see this as both pros and cons right because you you might if you roll back the transaction all of a sudden you just streamed junk to the to the to the standby and you wasted bandwidth just so that it rolled back but 
let's be optimistic a little bit and be a little bit optimistic and think that things will succeed for a minute that is good stuff because if you stream on progress then synchronous commits right synchronous replication are extremely fast because boom just like that i'm not gonna wait for the whole wall to get filled and just shove that wall down the network throat right it's much faster the altar service encryption makes it easier to add and remove republication using the add drop application syntax okay there's better syntax i love it i love it i love it there are performance improvement in postgres 14 to how postgres starts up when in a crash recovery i'm falling asleep guys it's a little bit late for me i'm a dad now right so i sleep at at nine and there's a dog barking oh my god bugsley let me finish this video and you can now use PG Rewind on a Postgres instance that is in the standby mode. That's good. Okay. All right. Final thing. We're almost done, guys. If you're still watching, I really need to give you a kiss because you are a badass. Give me a like. That's okay. I was still watching until security. You reached the end. This is a long video. You powered through, my friends. Security. Postgres 14 adds the ability to give user universal read-only and write-only privileges. Boy, I needed this. You have no idea how much I wanted to kind of read a master read-only role. It's like, I don't care. This user is read-only. He's going to read every... Is, is, is only supposed to read. I want to create a REST URL route that... Th this this route is only gonna read stuff so i'm gonna create a user with read privileges right so now i have to create a user and i've created a role and read only role for every single table that is there oh very hard right it's just it's just complicated things this way hey this guy's a read only he's gonna universal read only or universal write only why would you have a write only that doesn't make any sense you need to read to write. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Who requested write only? I can't think of a single use case where only you only write. Write logs. I don't know. Uh, no. Well, for security reason, hey, you are allowed to append to this thing, but you can't read it. Well, maybe this is actually a, not a bad thing, right? Hey, you are a logger. You just log stuff. You, you're not allowed to read what you log. Or you're not allowed to read anything. But most of our query is actually like a, 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 a select or an insert into select. That, that won't work in that case. But yeah, you get my idea. So PG read all data. PG write all data. That's really good stuff. This release also defaults to using Scramshaw 256 for password management on new Postgres instance. So this is the new default now. Postgres Scram SHA-256. Additionally, the client search parameter in PGHBA conf must now use either of the values verify CA or verify false. So better uh, verification, better client auth, better password management. All right, guys. All right, guys. So it is Postgres 14 seems like a very exciting performance release, especially when you use like replication, right? 
indexes, admin stuff, vacuum, all of this stuff. Uh, it looks like a very performant release. There's a little bit of features when you have the data type like JSON, uh, manipulation, stuff like that. But overall, I kind of like it. Uh, I'm going to start using them, these features, I believe. All right, guys. I'm going to see you in the next one. You guys stay awesome. Goodbye.